Welcome everyone to Orange is the New Cast, where the officially unofficial podcast for Netflix's television series Orange is the New Black. Tonight we'll be talking about episode four of season two, a whole other hole. I'm your host, Aaron, and joining me tonight is the Girls from the Cause show, Amy and Susan. Would you like to introduce yourselves, ladies? Sure, we're Amy and Susan. Hi! Just like Aaron said, we're from the Because Show, also like Aaron said. But what he didn't say is that our podcast kicks ass, and you should all listen to it if you're not already. Yeah, men men and women. Sure, everybody should listen to it. Yep. Even though we talk mostly Except for about... Except not, not your children. Not the children. Not the children. Not appropriate <laughs> Maybe not your parents, but everybody else should listen to it. If you've if you're got cool parents, sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, this, um... This particular show that we're talking about, episode four, is very appropriate for the Because Show to be talking about because we do talk a lot about holes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, you guys, a a staple of your conversation is uh, sexuality and relationships and things of that nature. And makeup. And makeup. And book (laughs) reviews. (laughs) Those are what we talk about. We talk about sex, makeup, and books. James Franco. and Jim, and yeah. how annoying Franco is. So See, really, you can't lose. There's yeah. nothing bad about any of those things. That's so, interesting because you guys are like you know these unassuming types that kind of lure you in the podcast, and you'll be like at work, and oh, these guys are pretty funny, and then Amy will be like, oh yeah, by the way, James Franco, my neighbor, he's the fucking worst, and then suddenly it's like, <laughs> whoa, this podcast just kicked into overdrive. Um, M eighty three, they just moved in next door. <laughs> <laughs> so, the governor's house, yeah. well, the mayor's old house. Yeah, mayor's they just moved house. in next door. It's super. It's it's super exciting. And then uh, you steal library books and things like that. It's just it's <laughs> totally. crazy. That can happen. <laughs> I like crime over here. It's true. Uh, you be careful. I hear stuff like that can lay, land you in minimum security women's prison. <laughs> true. Stuck doing nice, stuck nice doing this podcast with me. Um, what did you guys think overall of uh, season four? Or I'm sorry, not season four. Episode four. A whole other hole. It was so jam-packed with awesome, awesome stuff. I, I feel like the entire season revolves around episode four. Mm. Well, I haven't finished watching the whole season yet, but I was so excited when I saw episode four that I got to talk about this one. I kind of felt like I won the lottery. Yeah. You know, I can't believe that this is mine. I get to talk about it. I'm so excited. There was a lot of jealousy there because we have like a little face, a private Facebook page where we kind of talk about amongst ourselves about the planning and execution of this podcast. And I feel like episode four is the clear favorite as far as everyone like, oh, I hope I get to talk about this. Look it up. Oh, I'm disappointed. No, I'm not. Uh, is it the whole JJ angle? What's the, well, what's the wait, entry? Did you pick us to talk about because we're your favorites? <laughs> it was completely random. And okay. then it happened to be no, I had no knowledge. But you guys obviously are my favorites. You're like, oh, the JJ episode, the Because Show right, girls. Exactly. Yeah, I gotta get them slide, <laughs> slide in there. So it's two reasons it was so awesome. The vagina stuff was fucking awesome. Yeah. And then the Lorna, like you know, I love Lorna, so that was great too to, to learn about her backstory. And I have many opinions about yeah. it. Yeah. And it was such an emotional roller coaster because mm-hmm. I felt I swung wildly from what I thought was happening to, oh my God, is this happening to, oh shit, this is happening. And this it's, you know, you went on this experience with this character and kind of scary. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the episode opens with her, you know, getting up in the morning as she regularly does, puts her lipstick on and you know, everything's normal. Everything's fine. And then this is like her kind of background story episode. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's very exciting because it progresses. It, it opens with her, and then at the end of the show, it closes with her mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, I think you're right about this being a fulcrum episode. As I'm thinking about diving into this, because we see so much of what's going to play out the rest of the season introduced here. You know, and again, we've so Susan and I have seen the whole season. Uh, Amy is a couple episodes behind, but we're going to pretend for the pers- purposes of this podcast that we haven't seen past episode four. So. We're not going to spoil anything, but in retrospect, this is kind of a a crossroads slash setup for the whole rest of the season because we get a lot of, you know, V beginning her machinations. We get the introduction of Miss Rosa and the fact that she's not just a saddled woman that's on chemo. She's got this whole bank robber career. Uh, we learn about Morello and with, with uh, her deal with Christopher. She does seem like she's really about looking pretty and being comfortable. Because, you know, she puts on her face and she gets her hair and then she's got to make sure she's got her requisite number of magazines and her van pillow. seat pillow. Yeah. <laughs> so she's all comfortable and nested up in there. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we know that uh, – and I forget the name of the female corrections officer um, that is kind of the good one. 
But Jessica? She, is it Jessica? I don't remember her last it, name. Um, but we know that she knows about something troubling with uh, her and Christopher's relationship. Uh, and she right. tries to ask her in a nice way. And Morello's not coming clean. She's like, yeah, no, we're hitting the pause button, mm-hmm. uh, et cetera, et cetera. Miss Rosa volunteers. All of her husbands died. She I, you know, somehow the first two husbands died. She didn't refuse to marry the third one. He's still alive. Right. Um, and it, the scene ends kind of depressing because, you know, Morella's like, oh, you've never told us your, your backstory. And she's like, that's because nobody cares. You know, you're... and that's in a different episode. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. You're, you're, you're young. You're going to get out of here, but I'm going to die here. And suddenly this whole yeah. episode is starting off kind of depressing. Yeah. Yeah. What, when we first get the Morello's flashback, and mm-hmm. we kind of see her enter the house, and she's this character, and she's getting this environment. What are your What are your impressions? Okay, I have watched this episode twice mm-hmm. so far. So the first time I saw it, I mean, just the overall Morello story. Yeah, first like time what, I saw the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought of the whole the overall Morello story of this episode. I thought I wasn't that. I was like, oh, it's kind of like. She's kind of annoying. No, no. I no. thought it was, I was thinking about more of like the creation of her story from the writer's point of view. Mm. And I thought it was too much. I was like, really? you know what? It feels like the show sometimes feels very real world to me. And sometimes it feels like a show. And so I was like, this kind of makes it feel like a show. Like I feel like if Morello and Christopher actually did have a relationship and actually were broken up and he actually was marrying somebody else on the same day, it still would have been enough for me. You know, I feel like that is pretty realistic and pretty heartbreaking and mm-hmm. still could have been going a little bananas. But mm-hmm. when I found out they'd only been on one date and she was like this crazy stalker. Yeah. I was like, oh, I feel like this may be kind of too much. Like I kind of like it was more dramatic, but I felt mm. like it was, it was too much and hmm. didn't feel real. But then the second time I saw the episode, I was totally on board. Which okay. was great. The second time I saw the episode, I'm like, no, this is good. This is exactly how it should be. So, that happens to me well, all the time. When we, hmm? In her little flashback. Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. When her little flashback, when we see her get the shoes, mm-hmm. I I totally thought that that's oh that's why she's in there for mail fraud. Mail fraud. That's totally why. Is know. that why she was in there? No. Was no. it stalking? Yes. No, it was homemade bomb. Yeah, I mean, it, it actually got. That's the thing. It's like you you think it can't get worse, and it just keeps getting worse. But yeah, yeah I thought that yeah. they're setting us up. This is the tragic backstory. She finally meets Mister Wright. And is derailed because of this criminal empire that she's launched really out of completely shallow, vain reasons. And that was going to be the tragedy right. of this episode. But it it went a lot deeper. And I kind of enjoyed that because they played with my expectation. And then I slowly realized, oh, shit, this is a lot more fucked up than I was expecting or even prepared yeah. for. Yeah, she was way more crazy than I thought. Yeah. And, and I thought her, her room... You know, yeah. when, and I assume that she's kind of like early to mid twenties, but still a grown woman, right? When she yeah. walks into that room and I was like, when I first saw the episode, I'm like, this is a little much for a woman her age, you know, all this just, right. you know, princess yeah. and wedding yeah. and paraphernalia. And I'm like, this is, but in retrospect, when I watched the second time, I'm like, wow, this is like full on crazy territory. Oh yeah. yeah. You know. Super yeah. juvenile, pretty obsessive. Yeah. With the, the West Side Story poster. Oh yeah. 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 Well, That's true. <laughs> And it's also, I wonder if there's some unreliable narration, because I swear to God that the dude that was on, like, the center of her poster board of Ideal Man was, in fact, Christopher. He wasn't. No, it, wasn't. it was just, just a, a, a like guy from, like, a sweater ad. But okay. then he was wearing a sweater, and he looked yeah. similar. That was, like, her perfect Okay, dude. all right. Cause yeah. I, 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 I noticed that the second time, too, not the first time. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. okay. Yeah. Uh, anything else on the scene, or should we move into uh, some V V stuff, some V shit? We're, like, uh, we're not done with Lorna, are we? Oh, not totally done. We're, yeah, well, I'm sorry. Yeah, we're kind of going like scene by scene. If you guys want to okay. do like topical, we can. But uh... no, I, I don't know. I don't know how it works. Okay. However you want to. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just do it scene by scene, and I'll get okay. your opinions as we go. Um, okay. So V notices that there's contraband in the prison because she sees this woman wearing makeup, and she mm-hmm. saddles up to Pousset at first, and uh, um, tries to get her. Um, Oh, no, I'm sorry. This is the one where Pousset actually has invented the stand and deliver, the upright the, female yeah. being yeah. device. Yeah. But it is the same one where V is looking for opportunities anywhere she can find them. She's like, makeup, and then um, say makes the hooch, and she's like, oh, we could sell it by the sip, and she's like, yeah. fuck off, you know, yep. so. Yep, so he's trying to get an angle um, because yeah. the, the way, like you said, sets up so mm-hmm. much of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and this also sets up the whole vagina monologues in or dialogues in the show. 
Well, um, yeah, the whole the shiwi is is the the viaduct right. of the the pee hole uh, <laughs> conversation, right? Right. Yeah, right, right. Like how I used viaduct. Yes, there. that was I lovely. Did. Do you know that they actually make a device like this for supposedly for female campers? Yeah, it's called yeah. the the urinal or something. Oh, so you There's guys so are many opportunities. Shiwi urinal stand and deliver. I like the stand. Yeah. The shiwi was pretty spectacular. Have you guys <laughs> have you guys used a product like that or does a product like that appeal to y'all? No, no. Okay, it doesn't. Just squat. It wouldn't outside. seem like it'd be a problem to squat. I mean, yeah, unless you you're squat. literally up the knee level of poison ivy, right. you would just right. squat. So that's I, yeah. I've got the same thing. Although I guess they're also laying the whole groundwork of these prison bathrooms being increasingly decrepit, and nasty ass. Because yeah. that's the whole reason she didn't want to the, the squat over them. Yeah, that's yeah. very true. Uh, let's see. Tasty finds out this is the whole other hole conversation, and the next thing we see, she's in the shower. She's trying to find her whole other hole. Fine. So it yes. was hysterical. And the, uh, the male to female transsexual has to come in and school everyone because she's had a custom designed punani. She's right. a funky punani. <laughs> yes, yeah, she I has. She, she, she designed best. her own. I know. She was. Yeah. The, that was just the, hilarious. Because like, it's kind of true. Like, you can't really see what's going on down there. Yeah. And you're just like, where does it? You need a mirror. How does it work? And then you see the mirror, and you're just like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like if you're designing something uh, from the ground up, why wouldn't you? You know, you don't want to just let the plastic surgeon freestyle down there. God, right. No. You yeah. would want to have Eve's coochie. Yeah. And who wouldn't know? <laughs> A vagina better than a transsexual. Yeah, it's like converts are the most, you know, most fanatical. Zealous sure, yeah, they're all about the pussy. Yeah, yep. exactly. Uh, so she hands Tasty a mirror, and uh, she 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 finds her whole other hole and proclaims it cute. I thought that yeah. was and then kind next, of then who was it? Black Cindy or whoever was like, I'm not. No, Pussy was like, I'm next. I'm next. I'm next. It was so yeah. funny. So yeah. let me ask you this because this is something that goes throughout the whole episode, and we might as well get it out in front and center. How realistic is this? The widespread uh, ignorance about women's physiology amongst women, because even later on in the episode, they show kind of the privileged white women kind of like, ah, you know, I'm not exactly sure what it's like down there. Is that? I think yeah. that's pretty realistic. I think Paper's it's... reaction was pretty realistic. Yeah, like, oh yeah, of course. Like nobody thinks it's a really just one hole or that it's like a shower system or cave system. But yeah. if you oh, had to explain yeah. it exactly, you're just like, um, I, I think you know, like yeah. nobody. It's not like we're all like Sophia. And we can give you the diagram. I can't sure. Wow, that is what, <laughs> maybe I could, but off the top of my head. Would not. you <laughs> percentage wise, what would you say, you know, like uh, if you put um well informed about the female genitalia versus kind of murky, where would you say the female p- population is in your experience? Like our I would say yeah, just, I would people? just personally if you if you'd do like a percentage. Uh-huh. I'd say maybe sixty percent know what's going on down there. Are you yeah, shitting me? Forty percent? I could just forty percent percentage not... of the people I know, yeah. and uh-huh. it's higher, probably seventy-five to eighty percent. But yeah. it's not like wow. Like I didn't know where the pee hole was. Wow. And she was like, oh, "It's in between your clitoris and your well." Um, then you your would urethra. be one of those. I was like, "Oh, is 40... it really up that high?" <laughs> I guess it is. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like it's very um, so, serious. And, and and I hope I'm not making you guys uncomfortable, but I find this fascinating. And I've had this conversation with a couple women already. Um, and it, I, didn't get, I didn't get Carter off to jail, so we'll see. Okay. Um, what do you attribute that to? Is it because you guys just don't really care, or is it an educational uh, deal, or is it a con? I mean, I we're think nice, it's like white upper middle class girls. We learned about it. In you know, school. they don't they don't teach that in high school. I'm sure they do. No, they the hole. No. I mean, I feel like they're like. Clit is. Yeah, I feel like no. they're very condom goes on penis and horrifying sexual pictures of herpes on on vaginas and penises. But they're not maybe, I, and they're not so much pee hole. It's been a long time. I don't no, know. Right. Yeah, like they learned about we learned about reproduction. We learned about that cow thing with the ovaries and the uterus, yeah. and then urethra. <laughs> we saw, but um, as far as like the big diagram of the vagina, like. There is your There's no spread eagle yeah. diagram in high school. And clitoris was like no way. It didn't you had to you had to take a sex ed class in college uh-huh. to yeah. that sort of information, or go looking for it yourself. I mean, you know, we could all look at our moms like our bodies ourselves or whatever. It's also complicated. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. it's there's a lot of moving parts down there, so it can be huh. hard to remember where everything is. I wonder. Hmm, that's interesting. I wonder if uh, I've actually forgot my train of thought. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I wonder if it's changed, though, because you and uh, us, we've all, you know, we went to high school in the 
uh, late 80s, early 90s, I'm guessing. So I wonder ish. if, ish, I wonder if that has gotten better. Like, you know, the girls too. that are 15 to 18 now, has it gotten better or is it still kind of gross? Yeah. No, well, I don't know. Also, I, I wondered the same thing. If you've ever looked at the, um, I'm going to do it again, at the insert on in a tampon box, <laughs> see what I did there? Um, it, it does have a diagram and shows you the different holes. I have never in my life looked at the insert in a tampon box. I didn't even know there was an insert in a tampon box. <laughs> when you were 14 or you never looked at it? No, I called my best friend and she told me over the phone how to insert the tampon. All right, well. Well, and I guess it's like, you know, for practical purpose, it's hard. There's no way you could put that into the wrong hole. So it's like, would you could, you could put, put it up your butt. butt. Well, but I'm saying not, I mean, it's not like an accidental. <laughs> <laughs> there's other problems if you're getting that stuff confused. Um, I just, yeah. it seems yes. like, you know, is it like kind of a trivia type thing or is it this, do you think this is stuff that women should know? Oh, of course you should know. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think most women know the basics. I don't think women are quite as um, uninformed as some of the women on the show. Sure. Yeah. But they definitely as far are playing as, like, it Some up. of those real specifics, like Piper was saying, when she's like, yeah, oh, I'm pretty sure. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty much how I feel, too. Hmm. Yeah. Well, ladies, if you're part of the 40%, uh, go grab a mirror and squat yeah. over. Or it. your tampon box. And your tampon box. It's got a, 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 apparently <laughs> a, a guide uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> to all the, the to the cave system down there. <laughs> um it's it i don't know it's interesting because as a guy i feel like i knew all this physiology but then i've been up close and personal yeah with vaginas. men might know actually more more yeah enlightened yeah. men anyway interesting yeah. um speaking of men uh and mannish things big boo accuses nichols of picking all the peaches right yeah pretty funny and, and accuses and I, of clitorference. Like how... Clitorference is definitely an awesome yeah. phrase that needs yeah. to enter everyone. Clitorference, bumper to bumper, mm -hmm. and uh, that was yeah, yeah. funny, funny. Diesel Dyke, I like, I like that. Bumper. I like Diesel Dyke. Diesel. Well, I gotta yeah. say that. Yeah. I mean, Nichols is so much more attractive. I mean, I guess it depends on your type. That's but... exact. I think that's the key. I think that's the key. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So Nichols has got this fuck book where she's kind of keeping score, keeping track of the women she slept with and their preferences mm. and, and all that. Um, and they decide to have a fuck off. They're going to have a competition. Uh, mm -hmm. Dyke versus Dyke. Uh, well, and, but they don't lay down any rules or anything. That's... They're just like, it's on. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Yeah, that's, it's, going to, it's a little bit of a free, it's prison rules, quote unquote, or an actually right. literal. It's prison rules, uh, fuck off. Uh, at right. least the first. We'll see how it goes from there. At least at the first, rather. Hmm. Um, Brooke. Oh, my God, Brooke. She's the new Piper. Uh, Brooke yeah. is the new Piper because she is driving me crazy. Um, <laughs> babbling about old people and what they did to get there and still be there. Right. Um, Piper dodges the bullet by not being bunked with her, but she's bunked with Red instead. What do you guys hmm. make of Red's diminished social status within the prison? Are you guys interested um, it's, in it's, that? It's heartbreaking yeah. because she doesn't really know what to do with herself. Yeah. I mean, it, she she has to go and sit with the uh, the golden girls, the golden girls mm -hmm. at right. lunch. But then and... at the end, you can see the entrepreneur at work. I liked it. You can see it was it felt very gratifying when you're yeah. like, oh, something good's going to happen. She's going to get it back, however she does it. It was I liked that part a lot. I thought Kate Milgrew, the actress that plays Red really crushed it this episode in particular because yeah. red such sure. been such a, a hard ass and mm -hmm. her intimidation completely fails with, with Piper of all people. And she switches yeah. tactics and suddenly she's kind of almost maternal and, or, or almost sisterly with these girls. <laughs> and she changes her whole placard and, or not placard yeah. her, her manner of attack. And she's so much warmer. And I thought that was really interesting to see that from her character. Mm -hmm. Well, she, she tries to be tough. When sure. when Chapman, you know, wants the shelf and she's like, no, I need all those. And, right. And Chapman just like picks up the book, yeah. slams it on her desk. And what can Red do? And she's right. like, Chapman's like, what, are you going to not feed me? Yeah. And good for Chapman, too. I mean, yeah. that's just a lot of change in her character since last season. It's she would have been really intimidated. Yeah. yeah, it's a complete flip flop. Yeah. And I'm not saying that I've completely come around on Piper, but I will say that I kind of sat up a little straighter in my chair and took notice of her as a more interesting character as she, you know. Yeah, goes away good. from that poor me routine. Yeah, yeah. totally. Uh, let's see. Miss Rosa arrives at the hospital for her chemo treatment, and we're informed as the audience of Morello's to be left alone for three hours uh, to go through her mega magazine pile, which she starts to do before Almost Paradise, 
starts playing on the radio and she hatches mm-hmm. a crazy plan. Mm-hmm. Probably and looks at a map. Looks at a map and we're <laughs> thinking, oh my God, is she really going to do this? And she yeah. is. And we then are treated to a flashback of her first meeting Christopher. And they had this meet cute mm-hmm. at a post office. And again, they're really selling this mail fraud thing hard, right? right. Yeah. And this, what we're getting in the story is really showing that this is a mutual thing. And this is like, you know, there's magic in the air. And it's and love at first sight. There's magic in her eyes. There's <laughs> magic in and crazy in her eyes. Yeah. Um, he uh, offers to take her on a first date. Um, we didn't have a scene we already touched on where Pussy, or Pussy, rather, uh, says she doesn't want to sell her hooch just for fun with her friends. And V seems to be disappointed or angry at this. Looking for where she can find it. Now, my big question yep. when we see Morello in the van, mm-hmm. I was like, why are they letting an inmate drive the van? Yeah. I have a theory because I discussed this right with, uh, with Cecily before we came on. Because um, I had the same question, and one thing we figured out is we know that this prison supposedly has this budget crunch, right? And mm-hmm. they're short-staffed. Um, they're always kind of like on the edge. I wonder if they think that this is a minimum security prison. If we got a trusted prisoner, they can drive, and then the guard you – because know, obviously you can't send one guard out if they're driving because then what happens if the prisoners do something? Um, right. And if you put two guards, one driver and one passenger – they might not have the staff for that, so if they can trust the inmate to not fuck it up, then that's you know saves them a guard position basically. I don't. Do you yeah, guys buy that like as a, an explanation? I thought it was like a minimum security yeah. good behavior. Yeah, maybe same reason Red or the now the Latinas are run run uh, run loose in the prison. You know, you get extra privileges. Yeah, right. and whatnot. yeah, yeah. Yeah, like why are they in the kitchen at that time? Right. <laughs> that's right. the. Th- did you guys see that article? I think that someone. I think I shared it on the group, but it was uh, a girlfriend interviewed her. A girl that's a friend with another girl that's been in prison, a minimum security prison, uh, just like the one they interviewed about, like you know what it's really like. And she said mm-hmm. the most ludicrous thing is the prison. That like prison food is glorified microwave food. They're you know they've got like kitchen master mixers and big stainless yeah. steel dish and and, yeah. and ovens. Yeah. And she's like, what is this shit? There's no fresh baked Betty Crocker bullshit going on. It's all institutional. <laughs> come out of a can. Come out of a freezer. Boom. There you go. Yeah, yeah, that's so, interesting. And the Just fact like that there's like, yeah, there's like a, a a crew of eight to ten slaving away in the kitchen. They're like, no, that's just that's just ridiculous. Hmm. Imagine your school cafeteria. She said, imagine your school cafeteria and subtract half of its budget, and that's a prison cafeteria. <laughs> oh yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> um, let's see. Red confronts the old lunch crew, and Gina, who's the one that got burnt by the hot grease last season, tells her to fuck off. And then Red eventually officially joins the Golden Girls. And what did you guys think? Because I, I love them almost at first sight. The way they interact with each other I thought was super cute. What did you guys think? Oh, the old, the old women? The golden gals. Yeah, they were great. Yeah, they were really good. Yeah. Not nice, nice chemistry there. Yeah. No, I liked them too. I, I, I was hoping to see more after episode four of those guys. I would love to see all of their backstories because if Miss Rosa is such yeah. a badass – yeah, uh, the one, the lady with the long white hair—not Ginny, the liquefied bowl of Jello, but the other one has kind of got a hard look to her. I would love to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, about totally. about how bad she was back in the day. Yeah. They're bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, another plot that Piper's come back from her stint in the Chicago uh, federal prison system, and everyone has repossessed their shit. Or everyone has stolen their shit, and now she's going around repossessing. The book here, book there. Super happy to see an Inspector Gadget reference. Yeah. Uh, yes. I feel like Gingy Cohen is just strip mining my childhood in the in the best yeah. way. That's funny. Uh, and Suzanne slash Crazy Eyes had a picture of Piper and Larry that she'd stole. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that beach. was yeah, yeah. Because she like it's not about the dandelion; it's the beach. Right. Yeah. That was pretty funny. Yeah. But she's repossessing left and right, and she goes up to Big Boo, who has her blanket, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Boo says basically, "Fuck off." And then sexually harasses Brooke, which I want to talk about. And then she's like, bring me so-so, pretty much. Yes, bring yeah. me so-so on a silver platter, on a so-so platter. Um, I thought that there was some interesting social commentary here on um, kind of like misogyny and the patriarchy. And that in absence of like men perpetuating this, that women like Boo have taken on this identity where she's basically – uh, sexually harassing Brooke in a very ignorant, masculine way. 
Um, am I crazy or did you guys get any of that too? Yeah. Oh, definitely. When she, she Big Boo kind of went up and like kind of like got real close and like yeah. sniffed her hair or mm-hmm. something. <laughs> I'm like, hmm, yeah. I know some guys that would do that. That's super yeah, I, gross. Objectification uh-huh. of women. Yeah. Um, which I guess is closely related to misogyny. Mm-hmm. For sure. I don't know if it's the exact same thing in my mind. Um, I think it is. But yeah, I mean, I wonder also in prison if that if that's just like a natural thing. Yeah, kind of like happens. how everything's all tribal and everything's based on yeah. race. Do you have like, this? In the absence of men, then some of the bigger women are going to do it to the smaller women. You know, like yeah. I wonder if that's just I don't. a human I well, and he brings up the you know don't be gay for the stay right right, exactly. right. yeah I, I don't know i think it's interesting because i found it fascinating the fact that this woman you know because it's it's you, you often seems like well this is something that men do to women but this woman comes up and makes a woman feel uncomfortable and knows it and doesn't care and continues to do it because yeah it's it just like it's like a real eye-opener it's like wow this yeah. Um, this is a, a system that's kind of baked into our society. Yeah, it's um, true. And there's a lot of other stuff. For example, the next scene, uh, we see uh, Pousset giving Tasty a pedicure. Mm-hmm. And they have this tickle fight, and then Pousset kisses her, which we find out it's maybe not the first time this has happened. And Tasty's like, yeah. yo, I don't, I don't swing that way. Uh, but maybe we can, you know, you know I'm not like this, but maybe we can cuddle. And I was like, this is interesting to see the kind of um, nice guy douchebag concept of friend zoning just between two women mm-hmm. do you know what i'm saying like there's these men that say yeah. i'm nice to women and i'm attracted to them and yet and they they should owe me this relationship in return and you know they're like this woman's a bitch because she's you know kind of using me well i feel like from tasty's perspective she's just trying to be nice to taste to pussy yeah. i don't think i don't agree with that okay tear it apart I think that they were actually i didn't think that was like a friend zone douchebag i felt like they were i feel like their friendship is very real to both of them yeah and i feel like i didn't feel like the cuddle part was to throw who say some crumbs i think probably you missed yeah. that in prison probably mm-hmm. it's, they both needed it because she, she uh, tasty is a, a you know a, a woman that grew up with very little real yeah. love yeah. and cuddling and hugging what? and who say being a close friend yeah. i mean amy and i cuddle a little bit yeah, certainly <laughs> it's consensual um but complicated. No, um, I feel like that. That's the whole point I'm trying to make is that there's there's a type there's a lot of guys actually, and they're found especially on the internet that would say if this was if Pusey was a man and Tasty was a woman that they'd be like Tasty's a bitch for using this man for emotional and physical comfort with no intention of you know taking it to the sexual place that this Pusey slash man uh, obviously wants it to go. I see what you. I see what you mean. So, 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 yeah. I just wonder if there is some of this gender bending social commentary to Jinji, or am I just reading into it? Maybe. I mean, I think those relationships probably are complicated and Certainly. fluid, especially in the jail. And I think with Pusey, as I would with any dude, I mean, it goes without saying, like that's his problem. Like if he doesn't yeah. want to be there, he doesn't yes. have to be there. I got. So. I got the yes, feeling definitely. that Pusey wanted the relationship to go further. Mm-hmm. Was sad that it was not going to go further, mm-hmm. but was okay just being friends. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and that's that's the key. If you're genuinely yeah. okay at being friends, then you can't fucking be all uh, butt hurt about the fact that it's not. You know, you can't be pining or whatever. And if that's the case, and you're kind of trapped in that, that's again your problem. Like Amy said, you need to figure out how to right. get out of it. It's not the other woman's fault. You know, that's offering the cuddles and all that. So no one's making it snuggler and press exactly. your boner. Exactly. Yeah. So don't yeah. do it. If you don't want to, don't want it, that kind of relationship, you don't uh, have to have it. Uh, moving on back to the hospital, we got a young punk on a cell phone blowing off the boring old bald Miss Rosa. Then a cell phone dies and she suddenly becomes super interesting. Mm-hmm. I really liked the scene and I thought, and I'm like, wow, Miss Rosa suddenly went from this kind of sad, very depressing subplot to have a little bit of fun injected into it. She told the yeah, joke about the sure. cancer and Alzheimer's, and then mm-hmm. she teases the bank robber and like, do you want to know about the first or the last? And suddenly yeah. I'm like, yeah. I want to know them all. <laughs> that was exciting. That was like, oh, cool. I want to know them all too. Uh, next scene, Morello arrives at Christopher's house, which you know is a guess at this point, but we later confirmed and enters it and sees all these photos of them in love and their seating oh. arrangements at a wedding and the wedding dresses. And at this same point, I'm thinking... Oh my god, this is so tragic. 
this yeah, is and this is so, so scary because this is going to end terribly. But yet, this woman's been spurned kind of at the prison altar, and I feel so terrible for her. When did you guys wake up to that she was just really fucking crazy? The the court scene. Me that too. Comes late. Yeah, I thought I totally thought that you know she put the 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 veil on mm-hmm. and then got in the tub. Mm-hmm. I totally thought that she was going to kill herself. Yeah, I well, thought that was it. I went, I can't, because my brain is trying to keep one step ahead of the script, and I'm just like, you know, oh my god, she's turned on the water. Is she going to, like, flood their house, kind of like Home Alone yeah. style? Then she's getting mm-hmm. in this warm bath. Oh my god, she's going to slit her wrist. I was right there with you. Yeah. I did not see, but I still didn't see the fact that she was just a loony from that point. I was I was in, like, mm-hmm. I'm very sympathetic to this woman mode. Right, I just thought she was super, super sad. I thought when she was talking about they were going away for the weekend. Yes. The flashback <laughs> where you see her, she talking to her sister and she's just so her happy. There's just something. Well, I was like, there's something off. There's something off. And she was like, why isn't she introduced? Why haven't you introduced him to anybody yet? I totally, you're, you're exactly I, right. But I was totally just, oh my God, this is so tragic because the thing that she thinks Christopher wants, which is her to look pretty and to have these designer clothes is going to be her right. undoing. And it's going to be so tragic. I was fucking oh, gobsmacked. Yeah. Yeah, no. Oh, I thought when she was talking about, um, oh, you haven't, you know, shown him to the family yet or whatever. Yeah. Um, I was like, well, of course she didn't because her family's crazy. Like we've the already chewing the cigarettes. We've already established that. Yeah. I wouldn't want to bring another my boyfriend good point. To that either. So I totally believed it. I was totally on board with that. Yeah, that's another oh, really good say, point. As a sort of tangential trivia, I read an interview with um, the actress who plays Lorna, mm-hmm. and she said that that scene where the baby picks up the pack of cigarettes and starts yeah. chewing is actually like spontaneous like that kid actually did that oh really yeah watch out that kid's <laughs> like, going places he's like she's like i don't know how his mother felt about that but it was awesome <laughs> yeah, it plus, yeah plus for that baby as an actor you really shouldn't be chewing the scenery that's yeah, never uh, a good look for an actor so he not, he's raining in over. yeah he's just like plop plop <laughs> <laughs> We got the. We actually can see the soft spot to form in HD on Netflix, and totally, yeah, I know. it's terrible. Um, we see a scene going back to present time where Piper and Red are talking about uh, random facial hairs on women. Mm-hmm. And Ten hairs. That happens. Yep. Oh sure, uh, we're mammals and we grow hair. It's amazing. Uh, <laughs> it's funny that she was like total and feeling sorry for herself mode because she kind of fucked over Larry and Larry kind of fucked over her and now there's this difference and she's lonely in prison. She no one's writing her and the well's been poisoned. Um, and again, I just really like Kate Mulgrew here because she didn't, you know, she was just hey, uh, I'll tell you whatever you want to hear kind of mode. Yeah, yeah. she was kind of like ignoring her, but then like she started talking about the chin hairs. Yeah, and then Piper started. Actually, no. Piper started talking about Spike. Sure. Or no, Red asked, how is he? Yeah, and she's like, Spike? He's coming Spike? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then Piper was talking about the chin hair. And it was like, oh, wow. Then Larry just like completely evaporated out of her mind at that yeah, moment. True. What is Larry? Yeah, what is Larry? Nothing and... more than a chin hair. <laughs> that needs to be plucked. <laughs> Started. Didn't Red say something about, like, you have to be selfish? She said yeah, something. Yeah, to survive in prison. And yeah. I, I do feel like that there, the enlightened selfishness is over is underrated in this country because we got this like everyone should be selfless and blah blah blah. But yet, when the air when the masks come down from the airplane, what do they tell you? You got to put the mask on yourself first, or you're going to be shit out of luck when you try to help your child. I do feel like that that and especially in prison. I'm not saying you're engaged to somebody, you go to prison, you start up a lesbian affair with your ex girlfriend. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying <laughs> I kind of understand. And that, yeah, that, that prison's such an unnatural thing. You do whatever you do to survive. I think that airplane metaphor that you brought up is a really good one. I think yeah. not so much selfish, but I think you've got to take care of yourself before you can take care of other people. Before you can do a good job taking care of other people, you have to take good care of yourself. Because if you don't, th- this is how people end up in 20-year marriages where they're just bitter as hell and they hate their family. If they yeah, put right. everyone first and they never That's take true. care of themselves, you have and they to hate everybody. Yeah, and it's not a good. It's not a good. It's not good for anyone in the long term. No, it is certainly not. Certainly a trap that many fall into, though. Very true. Yeah, listen, ladies, book that spa appointment now. <laughs> exactly. And the flare. Book some me time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Guys too. Guys too. It's important. Yeah, no, it's important uh, guys for, for sure. A lot of guys don't want to hurt. I'm anybody not saying ever. go off on a four week retreat to Alaska and leave your. Uh, yeah postpartum wife with uh, a, a douchey dude and a newborn baby. I'm not saying that, but yeah, maybe <laughs> right. spend a weekend with the guys every once in a while. It's not going to kill anybody. It's okay. 
Um, let's see. Speaking of Larry, uh, him and Piper's best friend, Polly, are hanging out with the baby. Uh, an older couple on the street calls them an attractive family, and they tell these outrageous lie- lies about how they... And it's super cute, and there's major sparks flying. Were you guys surprised, or were you guys kind of hep to the fact that this looks like it might be some kind of, at least from a Larry's angle, attraction to this Polly? Or... Well, we've seen them in in scenes previously where they're together. She's got her boobs hanging out, and she's right. got her boobs hanging out. So it's like, wait a minute, this is this is leading up to something. Yeah. And then with this scene with them pretending to be this mm-hmm. family, I'm like, okay, this is this is something yeah. to watch for now. This There's definitely real. chemistry there, and they're both lonely. I mean, her husband, yeah. both of their spouses are gone, you know, right. yeah. and they're both feeling isolated, and they have a lot in common. What? And yeah, I was like, oh, this is. Very dangerous territory here. I thought it was going to where Larry was going to be "quote unquote" friend zone because it's my theory that if a woman disrobes in front of you in a non-sexual way, that's like the ultimate way to say I don't see you as a sexual object at all. <laughs> like if I go over and a woman's just got her like you guys are naked right now, you're basically signaling I yeah don't I there's there is nothing nothing going on. Buckets of cold water, frozen in ice. There's no chance whatsoever anything's going to happen here. Um, but in as this a man, particular instance, when you're breastfeeding a baby, <laughs> yeah. no, I totally feel like that. That she just she, she saw she saw Larry as a eunuch in that scene. Okay, so I was yeah. super surprised however, to see sparks flying. However, okay, he's drinking. When you're breastfeeding a baby, <laughs> your boobs become the most unsexual, most public. Like you just don't care. Yeah, you just do not care. You'd be at a restaurant, you'd be in front of your parents, you'd be in front of your husband, you'd be in front of like your husband's friends, your husband's friends, you'd be in front yeah. of Tay Diggs, like the hottest guy ever, and you're just like, here they are. Yeah. And like after that, <laughs> they go back to being breasts again. Yeah. And before that, they're just, during they're breastfeeding, they are like their milk bags. That's all they are. And you're just like, get used to it, everybody. See, this is why I couldn't do this podcast with, with Jim, because there <laughs> there would be no point-counterpoint to the insanity that I'm saying. <laughs> However, I think your theory is a good one in other situations. Gotcha. Yeah. For the most part. Uh, where were we? Oh, Red decided... This is a part that I'm a little confused on, but I'm like, whatever, I'll roll with it. Red just blunders into a greenhouse and these, for some reason and sees her... Well, she's her- on the grounds crew mm-hmm. now. Ah. Right. She's on the grounds crew, and she's got she's, a wheelbarrow. She's got a wheelbarrow, mm-hmm. and she was obviously told to take this over to the old shacky greenhouse. Okay, that's the so that's in context. Such a blunder. Because I knew she's on the grounds crew, but I'm like, why the hell would you go to this empty, trashy yeah. building? But yeah. it makes sense. But she was delivering a big, heavy bag of gotcha. something. There. Gotcha. Um, but uh, she sees a rat go down a drain, mm-hmm. or no, that's go a, down the floorboards. A, what was it? A mouse goes under the floorboard, uh-huh. and she was like, "What's in there?" She's like, oh, there, this isn't the floor. There's something underneath. Exactly, exactly. So she lifts up the floorboard, and there is a... Well, we don't see it yet. Nothing. <laughs> Forget <laughs> I thought we did. I, I thought that there was the drain there, but I could be... I, I was... Well, you it away. Okay, spoiler. So there's some kind of drain sewer grate there. Okay. I was super worried that there was going to be like a ball of rats that were just going to come flying out. Yeah, exactly. Because that would further the story. Yeah, Yeah, or there'd be a a, a body down there. Who knows? Yeah, Yeah. she just just red gets consumed by rats. That was it. That was her story. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought either was a huge stash of like candy or food, candy or or (laughs) there's the candy treasure that they hide in the jail. She was was just looking at um, what's her name, the cook. Yeah, the new cook. Uh Yeah, because she just had to walk by them and see them. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, maybe they're bringing because we know from previous yeah. scenes that yeah, stuff is being brought in. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, yeah. that maybe she found V's stash or whoever's yeah. stash. The, no, the bad news stash. is, is a, it was a 1987 stash, so it's just stale as hell. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. All that really weird, like you know, have you ever seen like a uh, uh, a Hershey's bar that's left in the car? And then you mm-hmm. like try to put it room temperature and open it. It's like all light brown and mottled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It tastes like chocolate. Anyway, you're just like Bleh. powdery. And then you keep and... eating it. And you're However, like, <laughs> you're in prison for five years. You're eating that chocolate anyway because oh, it's probably yeah. better than any industrial chocolate they've got. Yes, <laughs> um, yes. So Morello's back. We're, we talked about her. She poured this tub, um, and I thought maybe she's going to clog the trains and do some ultimate harmless vandalism. You guys went to the suicide place, but then yep. oh my god, the flashback to the court. 
and, you re- and it just yeah. keeps on getting and i'm trying to make it because i really like morello and i was like making yeah. excuses and i'm like okay well that's not so bad and then oh the restraining order homemade explosive yeah. device you say Ooh, that's yeah, that's brutal bad. it's and re- her face her expression yeah she looked she's like very oh, crazy yeah yeah I did oh that. he exaggerates yeah. Oh, you know yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and that's up. it kind of chilled me because I don't know, you know, I've had a few friends that are, you know, what you would call crazy, you know, bipolar, and they've actually been committed mm-hmm. to hospitals and stuff. And um, I, I, I kind of wonder sometimes how more widespread this stuff is, uh, because if I had not been really close friends with them, I probably never would have known. And yeah. she had this mm-hmm. kind of like very normal affect. She was very friendly and outgoing. She was kind of Piper's. Yeah. Uh, you know, this 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 really nice lady, but she's got this really, really disturbing side to her. And I found it realistic and really disturbing because you think how many people you meet on the street have something like this going on, like the cashier that you meet at the grocery store is going to have some kind of crazy ass homeland style bulletin board thing about her ex that she's keeping track of. I read I think it might have been in the same interview that there is a specific kind of stalker like that, like Arata's errata stalker or something where you're convinced that the other person feels the same way about you like you are uh, absolutely convinced you guys are in a relationship that would be terrible to be the yeah. t- can you imagine being the target this, this guy because he's like he he moved twice, twice. Yeah. oh my god that would be crazy moved um, twice. And, and, and then also he would say i i just i put the two and two together when i watched the show the second time he said that you know i even took my girlfriend to atlantic city yeah. and she followed us that there. was the th- that yes scene where yeah. she said christopher's taking us to atlantic yeah, exactly. city nice yeah. nice impression yeah yeah, yeah. uh you're you you know i didn't get that until you just mentioned it and yeah. it's uh i mean and, and think about angela the woman who stole her date the coos she must be a fucking saint to stick with this guy with this amount of crazy in his life yeah. Well, yeah, and they were probably like, "Well, she's in jail, so we're free." Yes, you know? and then Safe. this happens again because I don't know if you guys noticed when she had to, because uh, we go back to present day and we realize now this is Christopher's house and we hear someone come in and she like, you know, even though I've known I, I was still super tense about her being caught, she bails out the the window. Did you guys notice that she's burning rubber, pulling away that like a person's head, like the curtains flash out and you kind of see a face in the window as she's peeling out. That he actually no, saw and saw no, like a glimpse oh, of no, her. No, I didn't see that. Yeesh. Well, yeah, yeah, I noticed that the the second time I watched it, and I'm like, oh my god, can you imagine how unnerving that would be to come home to that? And That's just terrible. there's nothing you could do to prove it, but how yeah. scary! Yeah. Even in jail, this woman. Oh my god. Oh my god, that's scary. Well, and then another thing, like, why would you let? Uh, stalker drive a van into the right yeah she just world. seems so sweet and harmless right yeah. yeah and she's done it so many times before and didn't do this and didn't do yeah. this yeah. i wonder how aware the prison guards are of their of the prisoners past and like how you know kind of yeah, me too. yeah i, I have it, no it idea like yeah it seems like when jessica asked her that question at the top of the show that it seemed like she didn't looking back on it that maybe she didn't know the real yeah. reason she was in there or yeah. the yeah. fine details. Cause why, right. why would she ask that? It was, yeah. you know, yeah. if she knew, yeah. Yeah. I wonder if there's some kind of privacy act that prevents the guards from knowing. I mean, her. I think people know that Christopher is not coming to visit her. <laughs> yeah. You know, but that, maybe yeah. that's all. I mean, I they think know we knew, something, something's off. We knew last know. season that she was in denial about them, him moving on. And you know, the phone call just kind of reinforced that, but I had no idea this was right. what was going on. That it was just all made up, right? Yeah. Uh, pretty- uh, do you guys have anything else to say? Should we move on? We can, no, move, on. We can move on. All right. Red goes to Caputo and says, I'm packing it in. I'm officially joining the Golden Girls, but I need I need the boss people around, and these old ladies seem like they need a boss. Put us in control of the greenhouse, and you like plants. We find out Caputo's not only a prison job masturbator, he's secretly a green thumb. <laughs> Um, Hopefully those hobbies perfect. are not combined in some really disgusting way. <laughs> yeah, but Red played it perfectly. That was that was so impressive. Yes, and you, we really see how what a survivor she is. Yeah, uh, I I love her for that. And her brain, what a smarty she is too. She's thinking like yeah, that's a just... great head for business, and that's how what got her in trouble yeah. in the first place. Yeah. You know. Yep. And she she just made that up like, oh, I need to boss people around. Like, yeah. She just made that up right on the spot. Oh, and you can take care of your plants there too. Yeah. You know? It was and, great. Yeah. yeah, it's it's just a master master manipulator at work, and so good. You can definitely see how she got. She basically ran to prison before. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Morella makes it back just in time uh, back at the hospital to not be detected and picks mm. up uh, Miss Rosa et al. Uh, the vagina's a cave system. The vagina's a mini shower head. Mm. This is the scene where everyone's kind of like a buzz about the vagina, um, which we talk, this is, we've already talked a lot about that. Um, this is the scene where <laughs> um, Piper tries to sell Brooke for her yeah. blanket. Yeah. Yes. And it just went through this whole thing where Piper's trying to do this soft sell of why you need a prison wife. And Brooke is like, she seems to kind of be into Piper as her prison wife. But then yeah. Big Boo comes in with a really ham fisted. Yeah. Uh, I was like, oh, Big Boo, that's not going to work. No. Yeah. Her timing was awful. Yeah. Was no, like, oh, it, like Piper wasn't doing a great job of selling it, but Big Boo just completely. She was doing pretty good. Right. Really? Really? Yeah. like, oh. Like, if it was yeah. a timeshare condo, until Big Boo showed up, you would have been signing on the dotted line. I, no. I needed to hear more. I would you have need... stayed at the presentation. Yeah, <laughs> you I definitely would have shown up to the buffet and the, the presentation. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And then made your decision from there. But Boo fucking ru- ruined it. And yeah. the best part was when... I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> and the best yeah. part was when Boo, at the end, is like, you know what, Chapman, she's right. You are a terrible person. I Yeah. <laughs> Uh, which then we see it pay off because Brooke runs straight into the waiting arms of Nichols. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was pretty great too. Which led right into a lady sex scene. Uh, oh yeah. Where we find out Brooke, not a screamer, she's a babbler, even in bed. Talking, talking, yes. talking. Yeah, that was pretty funny. And Nichols is like, shut up. <laughs> and I, I love how the church, the chapel is like the place to go. Yeah. To That's Nichols' spot. That's Nichols' spot. That's her uh, yeah. stomping grounds. And I like... Her uh, putting her lady dick in her mouth to shut her up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Funny. Another kind of gender bender thing. Mm. Uh, v tries to split Tasty and Pusey up fairly effectively mm. by so going to the gay so angle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is where we really start understanding V is uh, shaping up to be a major villain. Yeah, we got another scene of Larry and Polly. Do you guys have anything to add about that? Them playing house. Uh-huh. I, I love how um, she says, I loved playing house with you today. Yep. Yeah. Or he says that. Larry says that, yep, right? Yep. Why her husband's yeah. Peter Panning in Alaska. Yeah. yeah. And, no, and she, I think she says it. Does she say yeah, it? I think she says it, yeah. And mm. then she leans over and gives him a, a little kiss. And I'm like, oh, there it is. There it is. Yeah. But then it was just a little peck on the cheek. It was yeah. half on the lips, half on the cheek. It's very ambiguous. Yeah. yeah. And uh, then she puts it, her head on his shoulder, yeah. which is very sweet. Yeah, but you know. That could, that could go either way. That could be a, that could <laughs> yeah. be a friend uh, gesture. Mm. Uh, Sophia gives a sex ed class at the class. Um, O'Neill is taking notes about finding the clitoris. Uh, I always I, that's another oh thing. Can you stop, stop. That was maybe the best moment in the season so far. Yeah. When O'Neill is watching and like he's like, oh, whoa, like his whole yeah, face like, is like, oh, that's what. Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. So let me ask you another. Let me ask you another funny. question in your personal experience. Percentage of men that know what the hell they're doing with a woman's lady biz? Like 20%? That oh, no? Way, <laughs> way higher. Who are you making out with? <laughs> I want, because I, as I talk, because, you know, guys talk about shit, uh, you know, contrary to popular opinion. And, like, when I have talks with my guy friends, it seems like we know what the hell is going down there. And we're all kind of like, this is a kind of an overblown stereotype about men like, oh, Clitoris, what is, that's a mythical thing, blah, blah, blah. Susan, right. you're saying 20%, one out of five no, men. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I would say, a, like, once again, like 60%, I think. That's I th- well, still I mean, terrible. It's only from personal experience, I would say, almost all of them, it's not like they don't know where the clitoris is. They yeah. know where it is. Some of them know what to do with it better than others. Mm. No, but right. um, yeah. some of them have more patience than others. But, yeah, I wouldn't say they don't know. Most of the guys I've, I mean, there haven't been that many, but most of them know okay. what's going on more or less. It's like one of those things where it's like, you know, can you pay, point out France, where France is, is on the globe? You know, that's, that's, that. that's the kind of basic <laughs> that yeah. I'm expecting from my fellow dudes. If you don't know what to do with it, okay, that's pretty sad too, but. Well, it's one thing yeah. to know where it is, it's another thing to know what to do with it. And also, yeah. du- also dudes that are listening to this podcast in droves, I'm sure, not all girls are alike. You, yeah. You, yeah. If, you, if you get a technique that works for one, you have not unlocked the skeleton key of all vaginas. You no, really sir. need to. No, sir, you have not. Like she says, sometimes you have to pull back the clitoral hood. That's right. The hood, like a cobra, needs to be flared to attack. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, let's see. What else? Oh, we got the movie night. Uh, there's a lot of racial tension here. It seems like there's a power shift. The Latinas have got all the good spots. 
Uh, v is pissed off because in her day, uh, the sisters would be running this joint. Shut up, V. Uh, and uh, Morella's having a hard time keeping herself together with this vintage Michael J. Fox movie. She's got mm-hmm. her stolen love bear, and she's just having herself a cry. Yeah, yeah. stolen love bear sitting yeah. on her lap like a like a little baby next to Yoga Jones. And yeah. that la- this next to that last scene of the just the long take of the close up on her face as Yoga Jones is saying, "Oh, but you're so pretty," and this when it, yeah. and you can just see the kind of like crazy come over, like yeah. just f- come over her like a mask, and yeah. and just this thing that she's constructed that she can't. You know, she must like she can't go back on it. Everybody believes this is her story. It's just so complicated and, now. And I really think that she feels remorse for going to Christopher's house. I do too. I mean, mm. you can see the reality dawning she's, on her, and she just doesn't yeah, want yeah, it to like, be true. She's yeah. like, I, I, I don't think she wanted to have those horrible feelings. No, that she's she's resenting that she did that because now she just feels even worse. Yeah. Mm. Do you guys have anything else you want to talk about, or we'll do a little bit of. Uh... Uh, advertisements, well, the, or as we like to call it, pimping, and then move on to feedback. <laughs> the um, the, epi- the episode was called what was it called? A whole other hole. A whole other hole. <laughs> and um, my husband and I, when we watch it, we like we always find two parallel storylines that match the title. Mm-hmm. Sure, we like so, we, we like to call that the name game when Jim and I do yeah. this. Play the name game. So a whole other hole was the, the pee hole, mm-hmm. but also. <laughs> The hole that Red found oh, is a whole other nice hole. one. I didn't think about that. Very, Very nice. Because I was yeah, thinking you're going with job. the hole in Morello's heart, but no, oh, you found a, yet another literal hole. That's that's yeah, awesome. Yeah. Uh, anything else? I don't think I can top that. No, you can't. And then I know. Uh, so if you like this podcast, um, we appreciate your support, and there's a couple ways you can do so. You can go to subbable.com slash baldmove. It's a voluntary subscription site where you can sign up to support us in exchange for cool bald move memorabilia and uh, other subscriber perks. Check it out at subbable.com slash baldmove. If you use an Amazon, use amazon.baldmove.com. Really, it lets us steal money from Amazon. It's awesome, and it helps us out a lot. And finally, rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, if you enjoy this podcast, it's a new one. We're trying to get it off the ground. We would really appreciate you spending a couple of seconds to do that. And if you can't do any of those things, please, at the very least, tell a friend or family about Bald Move. And not just about the TV stuff. Uh, don't forget Amy, Geraldine, and Susan at Picasso. If you've enjoyed their interactions, they are bringing it <laughs> hardcore every week. It's awesome. I'm a huge <laughs> fan. was so... So Jones about you guys joining our network and, uh, you know, we've been able to do a couple cool things crossover wise mm-hmm. and I'm a huge fan of yours. Um, Thanks, yeah. You should come on our show one day too. You should totally come you're brave, you to, if you're brave enough to do it. You, you do need it. to br- invite me on to come up with a topic. Um, and especially if you ever talk about TV or movies, I'm in. We don't have topics. It's freestyle. Yeah. We just open up your brain and we take a walk around in it. That's true. See, I I wondered, because, you know, I'm going to go in fan mode. Is that how you guys, do you guys have any kind of outline? Or do you just show up at Geraldine's house, drink a bottle of wine and go? Sometimes Geraldine will have a list of stuff we can talk about. And then sometimes we'll, like, during the week, we'll just have, like, these shorthand messages. I want to talk about this, this, and this, you know? Yeah. But usually we just, like, well, we get a good starting off point and then we talk about God knows what. Yeah. Well, you can find all their episodes at baldmove.com under The Picasso Show. Uh, definitely check them out. And on Facebook.com slash The Picasso Show if you want to get uh, a little bit more direct interaction with mm. the ladies. Um, I, you guys don't like it when I call you ladies. The gals, the girls, the women. You can call us ladies. You I think can that was just Jer- call us late for supper. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think it was Jerome's one is like, I don't know if I like being called a lady. So I got permission well, from you. I'm here right now. Okay. We like being called women with a Y. <laughs> oh, there you go. Gotcha. Gotcha. You say the E, so don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some feedback. RJ Duncan on Facebook said, I don't know why, but this episode, episode four, really made me see the egregious convenience factor that the show likes to throw around. For instance, the van trip in this episode. After that, I couldn't stop seeing it during the rest of the season. Um, something has to be said for a show to pull these stunts and still make you come back for more. I Maybe I'm dumb. But I would like for you to write us back, RJ, and talk us talk, tell us more about these um, other stunts or convenience factors because maybe – and maybe I'm just willing to accept a lot more from the show because I super like it. But do, are you guys kind of seeing what he's laying down or picking up? Or? I don't understand what he said. Maybe we're Vanger? dumber than you. Did he say? We don't get it. 
Did he say a van trip? I, yeah. I think that maybe he's saying the van is, is tidy because it kicks off the Miss Rosa plot. It also has the Morello thing and, like, the fact that this character that would be in this spot has this privilege. And... Oh, no, because you find a way to do it no matter what. I mean, you find a way to do it. All yeah. the other characters' backstories have been, you know, yeah. co- coordinated with the plot. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I think I'll... there's other issues I have with this show, but that's not one of them. And I'll never argue with someone's suspension of disbelief because at the end of the day, this is all fiction. It's being made up by writers, and there are coincidences. If there weren't, there'd be very boring stories like most of our lives. I mean, our lives are like 5% yeah, exciting, wanna, 95%. Well, you do want to be careful with those coincidences as a writer. But I think Certainly. if Morella didn't drive the van, we'd have a, they'd find another way to make her, you know, they'd find another way to do it. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, trying to skip on down to some other feedback. Uh, Jessica N said, I found Lorna's arc in this episode quite shocking, and I was on the edge of my seat as the height of her delusion became apparent. Great television, great character development. Looking forward to seeing more of her story. Uh, yeah, I thought that I was surprisingly in suspense through the majority of the episode about her, because even though it's clear that she's crazy and that she did terrible things, I still felt really sorry for her and empathized oh, yeah. with her. Yeah, she's very tragic. Uh, see... Oh. She's, she's definitely a, a product of her environment yeah. also. Right. All that stress around her. And all that and... chaos. Nobody's noticing what she's doing. Yeah. <laughs> um, Michael S., real quick, did you guys know before watching this series that horse was a slang term for heroin? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm, this is this is me, the hick from Mooresville, Indiana. But he says, she at Aaron, I first learned heroin was called horse in grade school thanks to Huggy Bear on a very controversial episode of Starsky and Hutch. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I learned it from the song. Don't ride the white pony, ride the white horse. What? Or the other way wow. If you're gonna ride, yeah, ride the white pony. Don't ride the white horse. It's wow. the '80s. You were there. I was. You know, I'd gotten the. I got into uh, music late. I was like 13 before. Because I. Because are you the youngest or the oldest sibling, or in the middle somewhere? I'm the only. I'm the youngest. Huh. Interesting. Because I found as the oldest child. Um, I got into music about when I was 13 years old, but then that catalyzed my sister and my brother, and they were gotten the music earlier than me. And I wondered if that was just a yeah. shared older sibling. You know, it's like, hey, you just start to re- realize that the music that you're listening to is good, and you start having preferences. And but no, I, yeah. I, was, I was 12 or 13 too, but I think I'm older than you. So I was listening to the Who when I was like nine. I mm, wasn't because I had that's an old brother. yeah. There you that's go. Which woman and. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I remember hor- being horrified when my sister got in the new kids on the block, and I'm like, no, the love of music has turned against me. Yeah, no. seriously. Uh, Daniel WV, which is our resident professional podcast critic, said, listen to your first few casts, and I'm stunned that you're going all Skyler White, Breaking Bad reference on Piper. Firstly, she's fine. Secondly, she's a victim of one youthful indiscretion, a modern day Billy Hayes, if you will. Midnight Express reference, watch it, parenthetical. He said, cut her some slack. Save your wrath for her apple pie-loving old man. Didn't enjoy the second go-round as much as season one. The Lost-style flashbacks became too formulaic for my taste. At least we were spared a Nikki and Paolo thread. That's a good point, and I don't want to talk spoilers, but overall, you guys higher in season two or about the same as season one or slightly disappointed? Not disappointed. Not disappointed at all. I, uh, I'm probably saying I'm, I'm, riding the, I'm riding the train. White horse. I like it the same, if not a little better. I feel like every concern we had when we talked in our preseason cast and even last season, when you and and when we talked together on the Picasso show, they uh, handled those complaints wonderfully. And the stuff that was kind of new, I did not expect, but was kind of delighted in. I thought yeah, it was. Yeah, I agree. It was an even better version of season one. So a little, yeah. little, little disagreement there. A D D uh, A W B A W D. Well, also A W B E I E I O. Um, I <laughs> love Piper. I I honestly do not think that she is a horrible person. I think that she is acting as a normal human being, and and I think her motivations and reactions are completely normal. All right. Her, like I can see myself in her a lot. Yeah. Well, that's who we're supposed to relate to. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. I have no Skylar hate for her. I don't either. It's I like Skyler, by the way, too. <laughs> well, see, I came around. I'm one of the ones that came around on Skyler. Um, mm-hmm. But I felt like that she, she was kind of written to be annoying to a particular audience, white white men, for example. And I feel yeah. like Piper also was written to be annoying to a lot of people. And it's interesting that you guys weren't because almost everyone else I've had on the podcast or talked about 
uh, does not like Piper. And it's not that I hate her and, you know, that I wish her harm or anything like that. It's just I felt like that she was so much less interesting than everyone else that anytime yeah. she was on screen, I wish they would cut away to somebody else. I found her more exasperating the first season. And this yeah. season, I find her tougher. And she also feels like more part of the ensemble this season, not so much mm-hmm. the main character. Which yes. probably helps make her more interesting. That, yeah. And, and the fact, I think it was kind of brilliant that they added Brooke, who is like the Uber piper. Really so like, I didn't see that coming. It was a great idea. It's like, this is annoying camouflage. You know, it's like, the, yeah. we're going to put this right up in your face so Piper looks, you know, yeah. a lot saner There's in comparison. One every year. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Juice, juice cleanse is one thing, but uh, what is that thing she called? Uh, woofing? She's uh, willing organic yeah. farming or something? Like, oh my right, God. Right, right. That was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Doug L says he gets a little meta. He says, something that struck me about a lot of popular TV shows of the last few years is the way highly manipulative characters pull you in. And watching the season of Orange is the New Black, I think what made it so much better is how V uses her psychological bullying to pull the characters' various strings like Suzanne and Tasty. I was just curious to how you think she stacks up against other similar operators such as Walter White from Breaking Bad, Frank Underwood from House of Cards, Stringer Bell from The Wire, half the Game of Thrones cast, or even a Donald Draper... (laughs) wondering who you think would win amongst these this list who would out manipulate and what do you think about how v oh stacks God. up this? <laughs> sorry um don draper this is like a totally... five to seven page term paper with like <laughs> and like a piece no of more than 100 words boom yeah. it's up the difficulty uh, level I think don draper and v would have a good go at it probably oh, yeah. interesting yeah i don't know the that's the other Bring thing yourself is the best yeah. Nobody yeah. Yeah. He was super fucking smart. And then you also got Tyrion on Game of Thrones and Littlefinger. Do you guys are you Game of Thrones fans? I am, yeah. Okay. I yeah. Well only half of us. We can we we'll have to have a separate Game of Thrones podcast. I actually yes. that would be cool. We def separate. desperately need a female voice on Game of Thrones as well. Well get Susan. <laughs> Alright. We got a volunteer here. Uh maybe. <laughs> let's see pilani uh you're you actually uh someone we poached off of uh your guys fandom uh mm-hmm. and as a uh tapped her for a co-host this season uh she had a little bit of discussion she wanted to get in here said i wish i could put on my red lipstick as easily as morello does in the opening scene we see her acting lovelorn and heartbroken but still completing her morning beauty routine i wear my pinup red when i need to boost to my mood but it takes me at least five minutes with a lip brush and liner to paint my lips fully yeah. and properly you go morello as a man, this is the face I make when I hear about <laughs> okay. five. Jesus, that's more than I spend on hair, mouth, beard, everything in the morning. I can I can address this issue. Me too. Okay, the first time I saw the episode, I didn't really think anything of the lipstick application. I was like, okay, they, oh, she's putting it on and it's on. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the second time I saw it, I was like, wait a minute, what does she even have? You can't even see what it is. Does she have a lipstick? Is she? She dips her finger in some she, kind of canister. Okay. I don't know what I it is. I thought, I thought it was maybe like. I thought like, maybe that. I see crystals in water. I thought that was the the dregs of lipstick. Like she's in maybe. prison, and this is like it's yeah. worth its weight in gold. She's just spooning it out, like you know. Yeah, because it's like it's on her finger, uh-huh. and then she's starting to put it on, and I think it's it's a kind of a time lapse thing mm. where it's a scene where she's starting to put it on, and then cut, and minutes have passed, and then she's done. And Pilani, if you watch that very carefully, like her lips is kind of fucked up. Like, in some of the scenes, like, it's not not on right. It's, like, under her lip. Like, she needs to take that five minutes like you do. She did not do a great job. Uh, Secondly, did you guys catch the line? She's picking up what you were putting down, Susan. I can't have leaky holes in my prison reference to the drugs that were smuggled in by Caputo. A whole other hole to fill, so to speak. Yeah. Nice. Very nice. Good job, Susan. Number three, this is an episode where I really started to adore Red. She and I are on the same Mm -hmm. wavelength. Piper is assigned to Red's bunk. She's... Uh, sends a reminder that Red has no power by moving Red's books to her side of the bunk, and I thought an adversarial relationship was going to bloom. Later in the episode, Red showed her softer side to Piper and offered an olive branch in the form of tweezers for Spike. Uh, number four, my most two most memorable lines from the episode, Babbling Brooks says to Piper, you tried to sell me for a blanket? You're seriously <laughs> fucked up as she walks off to a delighted boo following up. She's right, Chapman, you're a horrible person. Uh, hashtag send Piper to the shoe. Uh, no. <laughs> no, you guys. So you guys are definitely not in the the Piper sending to shoe wagon. Uh, we need to uh, when we have a wrap up cast. Hopefully, I can get everybody on or do round robin, and we can all talk about that because that's I think that'd be an interesting debate and okay. see like because I I, know, I, 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 I think... don't like her, but 
it's interesting to hear the people, the the minority that do like her, you know, talk about that. Yeah. And also, I think, I don't know if they did this on purpose, but sending inmates to the shoe is like kind of an overused punishment. And it's a huge controversy. I don't know, it was like for the last year or two, that that's been a big thing in, you know, the regular world. It's very so. I kind of like yeah. that that parallel, yeah. where it's, it's like, oh, they're showing how damaging it is because yeah. nobody likes to go yeah. down there, and and it can really mess you up. Yeah, yeah. And this is this show is interesting when you think of the fact that the United States is in like the top five of the world in terms of its percentage of its citizens in prison. Like we're really behind China, North Korea, maybe Russia and Saudi Arabia. I mean, like we're number four, and that. And, and and you look at these prisons and and are we really what are we trying to do here? Mm-hmm. And that goes back to you know why are we putting people in prison? Um, there's just so much fucked up shit to examine. And if 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 people think for a few seconds about this while they're watching this otherwise entertaining show, I think a lot of good could come of it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. You guys have any other thoughts? All right. If you listeners would like to send a few in, you can do so at orange at baldmove.com. You can participate in our weekly feedback threads and our podcast so discussion the, threads. Talk about your knowledge of the vagina, your own or somebody else's. Yeah, just like we're doing a uh, percent, you're kind of doing an informal poll of uh, work jerkers, jerking mm-hmm. in at working. Uh, we'd like to know an informal VJJ poll and also maybe your experience with men, men's success rate at finding and exploiting your vagina's natural resources. Mm-hmm. Uh, would be interested to hear that as well. Uh, Orange at, uh, I feel like I'm soliciting hustler columns. Uh, but you know what? I'm cool <laughs> with that too. Send smut and porn to my, I, I could use that. I got a jerk at work uh, as well. I could use some material. Um, <laughs> Orange at baldmove.com and you can go to facebook.com slash baldmove to join our weekly f- show and uh, feedback threads. You can also find every time a podcast from these delightful women drop on that page. You can also find the same if you follow us on Twitter um, at baldmove. And you guys are, what is your, what is your Because Show Twitter handle? Do you know? It's at the Because, I believe. At the Because and definitely yeah. facebook.com slash the Because Show. Again, final recommendation, they, you, it is well worth your time. And I enjoy, just this week I got two emails saying, never listened to the Because Show until I heard Amy on your preview cast or whatever. And now I've listened to him and I'm huge fans. Um, always tickles me pink when people say that about uh, our podcast and your podcast because um, I really admire what you're doing over there. Super proud of you guys for getting to 200 episodes. That's a huge accomplishment. Thanks, Thank you. Um, and it was so cool that you and my other best boy boyfriends, Eric and Jesse, kind of rolled over to Odometer a week behind. You guys both had your podcast birthdays a week apart. That was super cute. We're Irish <laughs> twins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks again. I appreciate you guys taking some time from your evenings to uh, help me break this down, uh, to set me yeah. straight about flashing boobs and what it means to men and women. Uh, <laughs> and we'll have you back on about four or five episodes from now. Perfect. Again, thanks so much. Uh, I'm your host, Aaron, and uh, thanks again to Amy and Susan. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Aaron. That is the end.